ears and open them to hear your word for us this morning. Amen. Now, I wonder how many of you have turned on the television or opened a newspaper in recent weeks and seen all those pictures of the queues at immigration desks. Have you seen them? All the reports of people fainting for like five hours in the Heathrow queue. My goodness me, if that's not a reason not to travel abroad, I don't know what is. It's been a long time since I have travelled anywhere out of this country, but I can remember many years ago standing in the line at Heathrow trying to get back through immigration and really feeling quite exhausted by the time I got anywhere near the desk. And I think they're far longer now. This was, of course, before the days of biometric passports where you could just whiz straight through. Not everyone can use those. Some will always have to stand at the gate and wait. But either way, whether we're whizzing through and it's all going swimmingly or whether we are waiting for hours, it all boils down to issues of security and identity making sure that you are who you actually say you are and that there's no reason you shouldn't be let in. And I bet I am not the only one who suddenly feels really quite scared and anxious as I approach that um, um, immigration control. A bit like the feeling when you have to go through the metal detector on the way onto the plane. For some reason, it's always me that sets it off. But let's stick with that image of border security for a little while as we turn towards our gospel reading. It actually takes place at a turning point in Mark's gospel, a turning point in the ministry of Jesus where he starts to face towards his passion and death. We heard him speak to his disciples today of what was indeed going to happen to him. But the physical place where this takes place is on a border. It's on a border of regions between Jewish territory and pagan territory. Today, it is known as the Golan Heights, which is still a border area. It was captured from Syria by Israel in 1967 and is still occupied territory today, and it is a very contested area. And the thing about borders whether they are inconvenient for airport immigration or hotly contested, dangerous political or military ones, or even just borders between things we're familiar with and things we're not. Borders are always places that cause us to check our identity or have it checked. They make us ask things about ourselves. Sometimes that will look like passport control, but other times it makes us question what we believe or what we think about different things. And that is the sort of border that Jesus is on today, because he is giving an identity check to his followers, and he does this when he asks them, who do you say that I am? We often read this passage and look at the different things that people are saying that Jesus is. John the Baptist, Elijah, a prophet, the Messiah. And then we wonder how much of those things Jesus is and what that tells us about Jesus. But today, 
we're going to look at it the other way around. Because what other people say of other people sometimes tells us more about them than it does the person they're talking about. Here's an example. If I were to ask any one of you, what do you think of David Attenborough? I could learn a bit about you. I might discover whether you liked animals, whether you cared about the natural world, what sort of television you like to watch, what your opinion on climate change is. But would it tell me anything at all about David himself? The question, what do you think about David Attenborough, would not get me any answers whatsoever about who he actually is. And this is because questions of identity tell us more about the respondent than the person that we are talking about. And so in our gospel today, we learn more about Peter's hopes and expectations than we did about Jesus when Peter answered Jesus' question, you are the Messiah. The titles and the words that we use ourselves to address God in our worship together in church, in our private prayers, as we lead intercessions, as we talk of our faith with our friends or those around us, they tell us a lot about ourselves and about how Jesus features in our own lives. I wonder, when you're alone and you are addressing God or Jesus in your prayers, I wonder how you prefer to talk to and of them. I wonder what language you use. I wonder what ways you have of addressing God yourselves. And I wonder if you hear other people addressing God, are there ways that make you flinch, things that make you uncomfortable, words that you would not ascribe to God? And I wonder what those words and how they make you feel mean about who you think God is and how you see your faith. Words are important things. The writer of James in that letter reminds us that words signal our own identity. And didn't Jesus once say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? Often it's only through being cornered and asked exactly what we think of a person or a thing, or very specifically Jesus Christ, that we get to say what we think. Quite often, we might actually not know it until we hear it coming out of our own mouths. I know that has certainly been true in my life. In the New Testament, we have many examples of spontaneous confessions of faith. Remember, for example, when Thomas exclaims, my Lord and my God, Perhaps examples of the Holy Spirit working within us, leading us to a declaration of some deep recognition or realisation. Almost as if speaking the word draws that realisation in our hearts. 
the naming of Jesus as my Lord and my God by Thomas, tells us so much about his own developing understanding of his faith and belief. But they don't affect Jesus' identity. Jesus is Jesus. Thomas's learning of who he is is a separate thing. Does that make sense? It's quite hard to get your head around, isn't it? You almost feel like you have to keep turning and facing in different directions to get on both sides of that. But what I'm saying is that how we speak of God changes us ourselves and contributes to our identity as Christians. And that's something for you to go away and think about this week. How do you speak about God when you're on your own and to others? What does that mean about your faith? What does it mean for you and your identity as a Christian? Words matter. And sometimes they just dry up, don't they? Usually at the very most important of moments. If you've ever been asked to explain the God you believe in, especially in the faith of perhaps anger or someone coming at you asking, why has God allowed this to happen? Do your words sometimes dry up? Do you stumble over them trying to allow something that you know deep in your heart to come out of your mouth, but not sure that others will understand it? Sometimes that's because we've simply never actually put it into words before. And in that moment, we find something out about ourselves and our relationship with God that perhaps we didn't realise quite before. It's been my experience that knowing something deep within you and knowing something in your head are actually two different things. Sometimes we stumble on our words actually because we're afraid, because we are afraid to expose the precious thread of our faith, afraid of putting it out there for people to look at. And that's hard because it makes us vulnerable. Putting something that we love out for others to see with the risk that they might tear it down is really quite scary. But don't forget that when Jesus calls you his disciple, he is giving you an identity as well. Because if we just turn around everything that I've said and look at it back the other way, how we speak about God is about who we are, but how God speaks about us is really important. So this week, spend some time thinking about how God speaks about us. Think about how Jesus speaks about us. They're words of love, they are words of inclusion. You are my body. And think about what that means to you and the strength that it may give you to answer those difficult questions. Amen.